0: Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. I with me again. We are going through the book of Titus in this teaching. And uh, I'm in Titus chapter 1. And we went in the first broadcast talking about the qualifications that Apostle Paul laid out that Titus used to select those who are going to be ordained as elders. You see that from verse 5 of Titus chapter 1. See, so this is the reason why I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city. And then give the qualification of the elders, if any be blameless. The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly said, so a bishop so we say say what's the difference between a bishop and elder say so the the same word that sometimes they translate these words to mean bishop the word bishop is like a shepherd a shepherd so that's what is referred to a shepherd when you see a flock of sheep the shepherd is to take care of the sheep so that they do not run astray and also to feed the, to to lead the sheep to where they can get Grass and water, and so on. So, that is what the word bishop means a shepherd. And these elders that they are saying or they are also in that same position to shepherd the congregation and not to be lost over them, just shepherding them. But he also needed to get food, also. They say, Oh, let's go to this place to get food, also. Let's go to the water. I'm just using that as an uh, allegorically because it's not that it's going to be feeding them physically I'm talking of the word of God as the food that they're going to be teaching you want to invite some minister to come and teach them it is the word of God so that's like bringing the flock to listen to a minister that should be like bringing them to a water place where they can get water so that is what the word bishop means it's actually elders also classified as shepherds so it's a, for a shepherd if you use the word shepherd you know it's not talking about archbishop. bishop this like they use in so many denominations, it becomes like a like a title in some churches. A bishop is like a hierarchical promotional title in some churches. But that's not what he's talking about here, he's just saying a shepherd. Anyone that's going to be taking care of this flock must be blameless, steward of God, not self-willed, not doing your own will, not soon angry, not giving to wine, because in that generation, many of them drink alcohol. These people don't, should not be given to wine. It should be moderation. No striker. Not given to filthy lucre. Not getting embezzlement. That's that's filthy lucre. Uh, corruption that's going on in some governments. See, in the Church of God, you don't be you don't do things just to get reward from men. Otherwise, that to become filthy, filthy lost, filthy looker. He said, but but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, he must be sober and just, holy and temperate self-control. He said, must be holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he is able to teach others that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. I mentioned that the gainsayers are people that are trying to teach other people, teach people just for their own gain. What they are going to get out of it is why they are saying what they are saying. You see example of that I mentioned in the last podcast. A people that are preaching prosperity gospel say they are not preaching prosperity gospel just because you want this fellow that is listening to them to get prosperous. They are more, or less, more important to them is the is asking these people to sow the seed into their ministry so that they can get the money. It's more or less for their own gain. They become gainsayers. If that is their motive, God is looking at motive. Yes, God wants us to be prosperous. Yes, God is going to bless you when you give, but you see what is the motivation for this preacher? Is this his motive is just the reward he's getting from this tithes and this offering? Because if he's that's all he's preaching, bring your tithe, bring your offering. God is going to bless you, but you bring your offering, bring your tithe. So that when they begin to bring the offering, he's thinking of yes, he's going to be rich now, his church sure is going to be big, he has money to do all these things. You see, that is gainsaying. God looks at motive and judges motive rather than what the fellow did or said. So very important that he, he said, you must be sound doctrine to be able to exhort those that uh, com- and convince the gainsayers. Now he's going to say, he has an example of some people like that in, the, in their generation in university. for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially day of the circumcision. He's given an example that there are many that are like that, that he's pointing out to Titus. And he said, especially day of the circumcision. What do you mean by day of the circumcision? In that time of Apostle Paul, the church is almost being split into two. Some Jews that have joined the church that wanted to promote the law of Moses and they are trying to push it among the believers. They are saying these Gentiles must be circumcised. And you can read that in the Acts of the Apostles where there was confrontation between Apostle Paul and these people. And they have to go to Jerusalem to decide the case. To decide it, where these people say they came from Jerusalem uh, to these Gentile churches and say, You guys have to be circumcised, like Moses said, to really f- be saved. And the Apostle Paul said, No, that's not what Jesus Christ told me to go and preach. And they have confrontation in Acts of on that. So these are the, but, but even after the con- confrontation, this group, they still, be, they still continue to be among the believers, among the Jewish believers, but they try to still say, Well, we believe in circumcision. That's why he called them Day of the Circumcision. While those who are following Apostle Paul are mostly the Gentile churches that say, Well, Apostle Paul said this is what the Lord said. And that is what the council, when they went to Jerusalem for the council with the other apostles, they agreed with Apostle Paul and just said, Well, let the Gentiles be, be doing what they are doing. Let them leave the Gentiles alone, is what they decided upon. And that's what was written in the Acts of the Apostles. You will see that in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 15. From verse 1 and 2. I said, And certain men which came down from Judea touched the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses. You cannot be saved. So they are trying to introduce Herod, heresy into the midst of the gospel. But verse 2 says, When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. I mean, there was argument on this thing. Paul and Barnabas on this side, and these Jews from Judea who are preaching it, they came from Judea, but they are now in the among the Gentile churches and trying to say you still have to be circumcised. So they have confrontation. Then the, the church said, "Let's just go to Jerusalem and decide this case." So in verse two. I'm reading chapter Acts of the Apostles, chapter fifteen, verse two. He said, "They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain order of them." should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. So they went and the final conclusion when they went to the elders was the elders agreed with apostles and they said we well, just send letters with these people to tell them that they don't have to do this. This is all they need to be doing. You see that in after the apostles chapter 15 from verse 22. Then please it the apostles and elders with the old church to send chosen men of their own of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, Son of Barnabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner The apostles and elders and brethren saying greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. And this is what they wrote, verse 24 For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law," to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have ascended their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost unto us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well, fear ye will. So the Jews more or less summarize what they believe are the main things that are sinful behavior that these Gentiles may have been used to in their, in their Gentile world, that the Jews classify as unclean. That's nothing nothing to do with circumcision. They say fornication or they say meat are sacrificed to idols. or All those type of things, They are cultural things to the Jews when it comes to meat sacrifice to idols. They they have to have their meat in this way killed. But the Gentiles, they eat every kind of meat, they sacrifice meat to gods and then they eat it as if the gods are listening. So they say, well those are all idolatry. So they are saying, if you keep yourself from all of this, you you do well, forget about circumcision. And that was, but see, even though they did that, these people that brought this idea from Judea, they were not really fully convinced. So they kind of separated themselves. And they still fellowship with the rest of the Gentiles when they come around. But they were still known to be, where we are of the circumcision. That's why I postponed the day of the circumcision. They are like another group among the believers. So you can see the church at that time started to have a, two different groups those that are of the circumcision and those that are not of the circumcision that are following Paul and Barnabas, in the Gentile world mostly. And you can see, well what about all the Jews that were like Peter and so on and so forth. You see Apostle Paul say he has to confront Peter when Peter visited them in all you know, those Gentile world. He said, Peter was with us, fellowshipping with all the Gentiles and eating with the Gentiles. But when these Jews came around again, he felt uh, he has to please them by keeping himself away from the Gentiles. Apostle said, well, this is wrong. We shouldn't be having what this is called, it's becoming like racism. What you call racism, where you black people don't, the white people don't want to eat with the black people that was carried over from the slavery. He said, we are no more like that. That was what was going on that the the, the Apostle said he had to confront the Apostle, and he had to confront Peter. So you can see what was going on in that generation. They at least kept themselves together. They were still, walking around one another, when they come to town, they still go to the ministry fellowship with the, of the circumcision. And I'm so honest, them still fellowship with Apostle Paul. But they still kept themselves to the fact that, well, we are we believe in that circumcision. So that's why I said, especially the day of the circumcision. Verse 11 of Titus chapter 1, I'm still reading. And he's saying, these people of, that are of the circumcision of that are t- teaching some things which they should be teaching because they are bringing from the Lord of Moses and trying to Overemphasize things that the Gentiles don't need to even be worried about that. That's what he meant by saying, Whose mouth must be stopped. He's talking about these people of the circumcision who subvert all houses. I mean, when they visit some fellowship in some house and begin to teach this thing, these Gentiles that are believers, they felt condemned that they are not doing this thing. Like the Moses wrote and said, Well, you are confusing them. God doesn't say you should be following Moses. So that's what Apostle Paul is saying. Their mouth must be stopped, who subvert all houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lookers, they, what is lucre, for their own gain. He said, that's what I mean, their own, their, when they can convert, say, well, that, that group are following us now. He said, for their own gain is what they are doing it for, not for the Christ. Verse 12, one of them says, talking about these people that are preaching these things, even a prophet of their own said, the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. I mean, he said they are generalizing. But, as he said, this witness is true. We have rebuke them sharply. Rebuke who? Whether Christians or Jews, rebuke them. If they are talking something that shouldn't be talking. That they may be sound in the faith not giving heed to Jewish fables. See, why do you call Jewish fables? Because these people that are preaching these things are Jews that don't believe fully what Apostle Paul was preaching and they said they are of the circumcision. He said what they are preaching is like f- Jewish fables. That we, are, that we himself, he was a Jew and they were raised with all these Jewish fables where they would think of, where in their own, in the, in the Judea they would be talking about the Romans are like this. The people of these people, I mean they try to Put every other nation down. That's why you do not go into the house because they are unclean. And it becomes fables among the Jews. That's why I say they are Jewish fables. that, Tell them not to be bring down into the midst of the church because it makes it because make people that are not Jews to become like they feel inferior to you guys. That's not God. Jesus Christ didn't say we should feel inferior to the Jews just yeah, because we were not born by the in the midst of the Jews. We are we are Greeks, but we have Come to know Jesus Christ. This is the bone of contention among them in those days, and at the same time is still going on within the black and the white in many countries, see, where some people think only these people are saved, and the, I mean some denominations have that. But see, Apostle Paul have, they have to be battling that in their generation. He said they should not give it; they should not give it to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Verse fifteen says, "Unto the pure, all things are pure." But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. So Apostle Paul is addressing these people that are preaching things that they ought not to be preaching among the Gentiles, among the people of God. And he said most of the things they are talking is, is Jewish fables that they were raised with that try to demean, demean, demean other nations. Because that's just natural. Nations that think they are the, they are the chosen of God, even though God is chosen, is chosen of over those who think they are the chosen of God, they down, look on other nations and call them Gentiles, if that's what happens to Peter was alluding to what he said, they are not to eat with. Uh, they are not going to go to the house of uh, the of the Romans. And when the Lord told him that what God has cleansed, call not that common, call not that common in the, books of the house of apostles. When he was invited to the house of Cornelius, the centurion, he said, "You know that it is a, it's a, it's a, it's illegal. It's, it's an offense to the Jews to go to a house of somebody that is not a Jew." You see, that's in the in their in the, in the area in, the, in that time. He said, "But God has told me that." I should not call anybody unclean, you see. Why? Because in their, in their culture, their Judea, Judaism culture, they were looking down all the other nations of the world as unclean. And because they were the chosen people of God. And that was why they, they couldn't see the Gospel clearly. But when the Gospel came and the called the Apostles, because of their background, that's how they were raised. Now they were trying to be holy even though many of them are not really holy until Christ called them. Now, in trying to follow the holiness, they're now trying to be like the Pharisees and the Jews, to be more Jewish now, and they see these Gentiles as unclean. And God say, no, that's not what I call you to be. I'm not calling you to come and now be uh, extra Jewish. I call you to come and follow Jesus Christ. It's a righteousness by faith. So the, the Gentiles are invited in their claims by God when they believe. And that's what God is saying. And that's what Apostle Paul was saying when he said, God has showed me that I should not call anybody common or unclean." by the dream he saw when he went to the house of Cornelius. And that was exactly how he, how he presented it. So that is what Apostle Paul is saying that then some of them in that generation, after they said they have come to Christ, they were still pushing the law of Moses, trying to say these people have to be circumcised. And Apostle Paul had the Confrontation with them, and that is what he was addressing to Titus in chapter 1 of Titus to make them to say that when they come among you, try to shut their mouth so that they don't begin to teach things that they ought not to be teaching that are just Jewish fables. Is it to the pure? All things are pure, but to them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, even their mind and conscience is defiled. See, so they profess that they know God, but in works, they deny Him being abominable. And disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. you Enough of that. Let's go to chapter two of the letter of Paul to Titus. So he's now God will give you exhortation to Titus. Now he said, "But thou speak thou the things which become sound doctrine." Now he's going to give him some things to tell the seniors and the middle class and the women and so on. And so he says, "Teach that the aged men, as the older men, be sober, grave." Temperate as self-control, sound in faith, in charity that's in love, and in patience. He said the older women, that's the aged women also, that they be in behavior, as becometh holiness, and that they should, be, they should not be false accusers, not giving to much wine, and they should be teachers of good things. I mean, He said the women should teach the younger women. That's what he said. Well, he doesn't say they should teach the old congregation. Explaining verse 12 that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. So he put the responsibility of teaching the younger women on the older women. Because the teaching them about how to conduct themselves in their household, how to raise up their children, older women that have done it before can pass down wisdom to the younger women. He's not talking about the wisdom of the Bible now, or the doctrines of the Bible. This is just wisdom of how to do what you are expected to do and to do your job, because that's the job of the married wife to raise the children and keep the house. So, the one that I've done it before, the elder women can give a lot of wisdom in that, because there's a wisdom God has already given to the world to do that, to love their children. Verse 5, he said that they should also be discreet and to be chaste, I mean, holy in body, keep us at home, they should be good, obedient to their own husbands. He said the women, the older women should teach this to the younger women that they should be obedient to their own husbands. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Yeah, because if they if they are fighting and calling the house, people will look and say, when well, they say they are crazy? they say they are holy. Because they are even worse than us. If they are always fighting, the woman does not obey their, their husband and there's always confrontation in the house. That is not t- telling well of the religion they have taken. Because if the unbeliever can say we are even living better than them the way we love for another here. That is, is a shame when a woman is not obeying their husband, and that's what Apostle Paul said. He said the, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, verse six to the younger men. See, young men also exhort to be sober-minded. Now, in verse seven, say in all things you show yourself as a pattern of good works. That's the Titus that was a young man also, not old, a young man, but he was the pastor. He was the one that had been following the Apostle Paul, so he knew more of the word of God. So, he's one that is going to do this. Appointment, as my exhortation. In all things, show yourself as a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. And when you are teaching the word of God as a doctrine, make sure you are, you are sincere and uh, not corrupting the word of God. Sound speech, verse 8. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed. Having no evil thing to say of you. So the one that is preaching must be presenting the word of God with sound speech. So that anyone that Greek that will not have any excuse. It's just that they disagree. It's whether well, if they disagree, the word of God they are not against me, they are against the Lord Jesus Christ with the Word. But if they are if it is me that they are against it, it is me that they are finding fault with and not with Christ, then it is my fault. That's why he said. You apostles, you, you have sound speech that cannot be condemned. That That is, that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, being, having no evil thing to say of you. They you have no evil, to, uh, no evil thing to say of the preacher, if they disagree with what he preaches, then they are disagreeing with the Word of God, not with the preacher. They are disagreeing with the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not word that we accept the Word of God, but they, if they are finding fault with me that is preaching it, then I am the one that is stumbling block. And that's what he's saying. Don't be the stumbling block. If they say, well, this man is like this also, then they, that's why they are not following your religion. Because they are seeing an excuse why they don't want to follow. excuse that this man that's preaching is just as bad as us. So then, you are the stumbling block. So that's why he said that they having no evil thing to say of you. They will disagree with what you are preaching, but they don't see any evil thing to say of you. Verse 9. Exhort servants, in that generation they have slaves, so they are actually classified as slaves. But servants could be anybody right now, it could be anyone that is an employee of somebody, you are a servant of that employer. Exhort servants also to be what? To be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things. Not answering again, that is not, not a if they call, the boss is collecting the, the servant, if the servant is yelling back at the boss, that's answering again, that can cause the fight. Not polluting, that's not stealing, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. He's saying you are adorning the doctrine of God. When you are obedient to your master, to your boss, let's say you are an employee of somewhere, and you are the best employee, why? Because you do it as if you are doing it for the Lord. You are working, you are doing your job as if you are doing it for the Lord. Then you are adorning the doctrine of God. They say, well, you are so, you are doing it so well. You say, well, it's not me, Jesus Christ in me that's doing it. Then they will be saying the doctrine of this, your God, our Savior, is, is what emulating. So that's where you are done that doctrine. That is it. So look at an example of a believer. Look at how he's, he's well, he's, he's doing the job very well and everybody wants to be praised and you are telling them it's not you that's doing it it is jesus in you that is doing this doing it through you then they know that you are adorning the doctrine of god verse 11 says for the grace of god that bring us salvation as appeared to all men so is this grace that gave us salvation the grace is a free gift it's god's gift to us that give us the power in inner power to be able to do well that's the grace of God. It's the inner power that is given to us by God, not because we bought it from Him, not because we are so good, not because we, we pay some money. No, it is a grace of God. He gave us this salvation to be able to do well. And so that's why it's now uh, summarizing in verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation as appeared to all men. It's not just to the Christians. Only. Some are, only the Christians have accepted it. But the grace is free for everybody. If they come to Christ, they will receive the same grace to change them from within so that they will be able to fulfill the, the law of righteousness so that they will be able to do the right thing all the time. It's the grace of God that He free gift to everybody that comes, He will give you that grace to be able to do right. He said that grace is teaching us in verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we have to deny all those evil things, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world that's what the grace of god is teaching us he gave us this power inside inner power to be able to do all these things to deny ungodliness and worldliness, and to live soberly to live righteously and live godly in this present world and then we should be doing something for starting looking for that blessed hope that's our hope that god is bringing a new kingdom where there will be every human being on that day by that time In this new kingdom, will be holy. We'll be just like us. Holy, sober, righteous. We are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. Jesus Christ gave himself for us for this purpose. To bring us into this new life. To get us out of darkness. To translate us from the kingdom of darkness. We are all evil doers and evil things are going on in this world. He's translating us spiritually from that kingdom of darkness. Changing our hearts so that we now live for him and live that sober, righteous, godly life waiting for him to bring the a new kingdom. He said, he gave himself for this, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So that is what Christ has come and has done for us and he still inviting many more people, everybody to come and accept this grace that we change you from within to be able to do the will of God, to be able to live soberly on earth, to be able to deny ungodliness, to be able to deny worldly laws, and to be able to live righteously and godly in this present world. Knowing that very soon there will be a new kingdom of God, a new a new kingdom on earth, the kingdom of God coming down, we are only righteous people we live, we are only holy people we live. And that is what God has called us to to and that's what he was saying, in Apostle Paul was saying in verse 14, that he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So you see, you and I must be zealous of good works You must be desiring, anxiously designed to do something good for somebody, Actually, designed to do good, to live righteously. He says that may be zeal in us is to want to do good works. What is good works? Preaching the gospel is a good work. Helping people is a good work. Giving to help the poor is a good work. All of those things that the Bible expects believers to be doing, those are the, z- the good works. And gentleness, kindness, those are good works. And many other things that we expect to do, those are the good works he We are to be zealous of the of good works. That's, that is what Christ is redeeming unto, to, unto. Verse 15 says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise them. So Apostle is telling us that Teach these things he has just listed here that God has called us to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world and looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Teach it and let no man despise you. I will continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you.